0: Hello and welcome once again to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I am Chris Levine and I will be your host again this time around. This one is, is going to be ultra personal. Um, if you want funny, I'm, I'm totally sorry. But this just had to happen today. You know, right now. my father died in 2019 he had stage four pancreatic cancer i watched him be less and less my dad every day until the day he died and when he died i was physically holding his hand Uh, long story short i walked out of the room and basically have buried everything ever since The pandemic was a great distraction, along with everything else. Life threw at me along the way, good and bad. Uh, Basically, I, I held it together because I chose not to accept it. But now, in front of the complete opposite of a live studio audience, I'm going there and I hope you don't mind. My mother is still in that house. She and I have a rough relationship. From as long as I remember, my mother made it very clear that she never wanted kids. And that's why even though my father wanted more kids, I'm an only child. She's not a bad person. And, and I hope that this doesn't depict her as such. That's not what I'm trying to do but she was a person who had no problem reminding me throughout my life at all different ages that she didn't want me and that their marriage was way better until I came around. Now, this perplexes many people because those who know her, they know a very, very nice lady who plays the piano and who can laugh easily has a good sense of humor, and you know what? I know that person. I see that person too. But at this point, I'm just too guarded to let go and be myself in front of her anymore. Is this overreacting? I tell you what, you tell me. You be the little kid for a second. Are you ready? I remember one time my mother sent me to the store on my bike to get canned tomatoes. When I got to the store, there were all different kinds of canned tomatoes. And this was obviously way before cell phones where you could call and ask what was needed. I guessed. I rode my, my bike back home. I remember it vividly from los angeles avenue to sequoia avenue to our street i gave her the bag when she saw that i got stewed tomatoes instead of diced tomatoes which is apparently what she wanted but never told me she coolly calmly and collectively told me that she wished that she would have just had an abortion this would be one of a few times i remember this declaration and it was never over anything major but here's the thing i really try not to hold people to who they were 20 years ago 30 years ago five years ago because you know i hope people don't do that to me i'm not a big fan of of who i have been in the past and, and, and I hope that I don't live there in the minds of some people. So I'll now take it here. She's a great grandmother to my son. I love their relationship and I'm never going to get in the way unless I see the smallest hint of a warning sign of similar behavior, which I haven't to this point and I don't think I'm going to. But all that said, my father was in a weird position. I know he loved me, but if we got too close, my mother would get jealous and make his life hell, (laughs) so he would back off. So here I I have this completely approachable father, a father figure to, to many, many people who I know cares about me but who keeps his distance to preserve his own sanity. Honestly, for this reason, when he died, I was mad at him. Why would you choose that? Why would you choose that circumstance? You know, I was mad at him for the distance and the what could have been's and all that, but ultimately I understand why And ultimately, I can't say I blame him. He was a peacemaker. He promoted peace. My coming around and being his friend at any age of my life was a direct threat to that peace. But there's a lot of little things that pop up in my mind. I remember reading with him when I was very, very small, like toddler small he would hold me and would read and read and read out loud and you know until one day he stopped for some reason and i picked up where he left off in the book you know i would kill to know what the book was i remember it wasn't a kids book it was some kind of of book about deer in the wild i also remember thinking that every kids dad had a cool job Because mine did. You know, he, for decades, was a prop maker at Universal Studios. Every time, or most of the time, when I go to the movies, there's my dad. You know, when I see the Universal logo before a movie come on, I basically think of two things. Number one, that's where my dad works, even now. And what's funny is that at the age I am now, later in life, the second thing I think of is that, through the Motion Picture Health and Welfare, that company gave me the best possible health insurance until I no longer was eligible at age 19. So you know what, in a roundabout way, thank you, Universal Pictures. I would drive with my father on the back lot of the studio in a golf cart. (laughs) We could walk in and out of the sound stages driving pretty much anywhere the studio tour tram would go except we could go other places and we could get out and we could walk and do whatever we wanted i took that for granted but that's pretty amazing you know especially now he, he's the only person i would ever talk to confide in or ask for help on any real level until i met my wife I knew he wouldn't baby me, but I also knew that he wouldn't let me fall either. But when he was gone, it's like my advisor, my confidant, my helper was gone. Then it's like, how am I going to do this? <laughs> Can I do this life thing without him? How's this going to work? You know, this isn't fair. He he literally lived around the corner and was kept from me. I was starving with a banquet that was a five minute walk away and he was objective. It was just his objectivity was such that, let's say that my wife and I had a problem with each other. We could collectively together talk to him and he would help us. And almost always he would make it totally clear that he sided with her (laughs) because they both usually were right. And I usually was wrong. He didn't have one of these complexes like, oh, my kid, right or wrong, he didn't have that. But at the same time, he was really protective. I remember being like maybe seven years old, maybe younger. We lived in a mobile home in California, and there were two big kids that were bullying me around the corner from where we lived. There was a little park area. God knows how my father knew that I was out there on my bike because I was just, it was the time in history where you could get on your bike and ride around as a little kid. But there he was. He showed up. I remember vividly he got in their faces and mercilessly cursed at them. And when the two started to run off, he physically ran after them. He was crazily multidimensional that way. As an older man in Texas, one time he was sitting on his stairs, which right next to his dining room, when he could hear someone trying to break in through a window. They broke the glass. God's honest truth. This is what happened. He calmly said to them, and I quote, keep coming in. Give me the excuse to kill you. This is a true story, and when the person, you know, heard there was someone in the house and left, he literally, (laughs) he yelled out the window, what's the matter? You don't want to die today? Think about this. He had no gun, and he was in his 70s. This is the same guy that little kids would freely hug, and so would their parents, there was a lot a lot happening. He was a child of back East in the 1950s where kids smoked really, really young, but still would not out of respect to the cop walking the beat. You know, before I came along, he had already been shot at least once. He got in a motorcycle wreck, and all this was before Vietnam. You know, he left that war, by the way, affected by man's inhumanity to man. And that provided the landscape for when he yearned to see and how he promoted peace for the rest of his life. That's who the little kids hugged. And that's who their parents hugged too. It was so unreal. I once remember I had a a friend of mine who was a girl. We were talking one day, years and years and years ago. And she said that she should marry me. Not because of me, but because then my dad would be her dad. Can you imagine that? Ironically, my father never really hugged me, though. For as long as I remember, most of the time he would shake my hand. This used to confuse me because... This same guy would hug waiters and waitresses in Italian restaurants that he just met for the first time. Life is just a roller coaster, isn't it? It often makes no sense. I, I have made it a point to tell my son I love you as a goal every day so far for his entire life. I may have missed a few, I don't know, but it's been my goal to not skip a day. When I was putting some of these thoughts together on paper last night, you know, my six-foot-tall teenage kid wraps his arms around me from the back and hugs me. This feels good. It reminds me, there was one time where there was a, a massive, massive problem in my house when I was growing up. And I was so mad at both of my parents for fighting and fighting and fighting. And my dad walked into the room, I don't know where my mom was, and he opened his arms for me to hug him because obviously they subjected me to the fighting. And I just walked away. I, I lived that down for the rest of my life. I should have, I should have, I should have hugged him. It scares me. You know, I now am someone's father. Dude, I am someone's father. Will he grow up and only remember or focus on my mistakes? You know, if he adopts my self-esteem issues as an adult, will he blame me later? Not want to talk to me? It could happen. The the last thing I said to my father, when it was just he and I for a few seconds in a room, right before he died, was you did a good job. He was breathing maniacally, tubes everywhere. I'm positive. He probably didn't hear me. He didn't even know I was in the room, maybe. But that's what I told him. You did a good job. This was in 2019. Now it's 2022. I'm a 50 year old man now and I miss my dad. I didn't want to let go of his hand when he died because the finality of letting go was too literal. It was too much. It's, it's life's irony. He held my hand as a little boy. And as he died, I held his hand as a man. You know, it's... It's possible that this very second right here, talking to you, I'm beginning to finally let go. That's why I did this. It's at least a start. Though in the truest sense, the plainest sense, in the broadest sense, I don't think I will ever let go. How could I? We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist to shadow our overall theme. We have for you this time around an Experience is the Father of Wisdom playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast-Experience is the Father of Wisdom. Track number one, Sweetness Follows by R.E.M., Number two, Mockingbirds by Grant Lee Buffalo. Number three, The Drugs Don't Work by The Verve. You know, when I originally heard that song, I thought of it totally differently, but when you're with somebody who's terminal and they're taking 15 different pills and chemotherapy is just making them more sick, that song means something different number four is nothing lasts forever by echo and the Bunnymen. number five is teardrop by massive attack number six is since you're gone by the cars number seven is soothe by smashing pumpkins number eight is then she did by jane's addiction number nine is into dust by mazzy star And number 10 is I Want to Hold Your Hand, the version by Sparks. That is our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast-Experience is the Father of Wisdom. I'm going to wrap it up here, guys. Until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher. Mm -hmm the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.